<laughs> Old Orchard Beach used to be nice. There's wild Canadians coming down. <laughs> okay. Loose. They think they think that LL Bean is their is their uh, Giorgio Armani. <laughs> They're like, oh, honey, put on, put on that, put on some bean tonight. I'm wearing bean right now. Check them out and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, buddy, what's up? Welcome back, A and B, Brad Tesh with always. Uh, on my mind, at least anyway, your favorite mass hole, my favorite mass hole, Reed, mother effing Homer is here, filling in for the Fijian warrior, John Valancourt, who is off writing jokes somewhere, telling them poorly, probably, uh, and doing the Lord's work. Reed, hello, good morning, thanks for being with us. You beautiful son of a gun. I'm going to do my best to be Sean, and I'm going to talk about the NHL standings, even though I don't think it's crazy favorable for Toronto. For my Maple Leafs, but yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cleveland, Sean Watson, I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. Buffalo's tank. I, we got a lot to talk about today, Brad. Yeah, can we talk about can we talk about how uh, uh, two weeks ago Deshaun Watson said that uh, not being able to play was the most sorry he's ever been in his entire life. That's that's rich. Yeah. That is absolutely rich. Uh, yeah, I mean. Um, I do feel it for the boy, right? You know, season-ending uh, injury there, and yeah. and uh, I think he has he had some flashes this season, right? Where you're like, oh, there's Deshaun. Yeah. But man, for that playing style, I don't know if you have it. That contract, right? You you, that you sign the biggest fully guaranteed contract in NFL history, and you get six games a year for the first two years of it. Pretty, pretty nice. Thing. Such pretty a Cleveland thing. thing to do. Yeah. Reed, I don't know. We've talked to you since the season has started. What's your uh, biggest non-Patriots surprise of the year? Um, there's been a couple, um, but the the wildest one for me has been Cincinnati. And I know we're talking injuries, but Joe Burrow's injury before that aside, you're looking at that offense. You're looking at T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, um, you know, very, very, very good tight end, um, Jamar Chase. I'm a big fantasy guy, fantasy football guy. Everyone was drafting him first, second. You know, he was yeah. one two ADP. Very quiet in Cincinnati. That's that's been the big shocker for me. Um, yeah. I, I can't believe what what that defense middle of the road to right. We kind of thought they were ready to be the juggernaut in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. I thought they had it all going for him, and then it's just like yeah. it doesn't matter how many how many things you have in place, and, and you still got to play the game clearly, and they're not yeah. doing that well. Yeah, and this is, uh, we're talking post-Thursday night, so now we know that Joe Burrow's out for the year with that wrist uh, injury, and so, you know, turn off the lights in Cincinnati. You know, I, you know, when you're, what are you going to do? I, you know, the, the rumor mill is running wild, and I don't know what you do. Who's on the street you can come in and plug in in Cincinnati that's going to be able to run out? You know, and it's funny because, like, if this if this happened a few weeks ago, Josh Dobbs would have been a real option for them to to pop in, as he did for for Minnesota, and has looked yep. pretty darn good in that situation. So it's yeah. Well, you look at I, 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 if you're Cleveland, right? You have to yeah. wonder how they feel about that whole thing because they had that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Daniel, uh, late Friday night, tweeted out that just NFL owners are getting what they deserve for not paying backup quarterbacks. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what the hell the state of everything looks like in that whole regard because I, I have trouble keeping up with who's starting uh, in yeah. the NFL these days, let alone the backup situation. But, you know, you look at, again, the Joe Burrow contract situation. I mean, how much is Ohio, the state of Ohio out right now in salary yeah. due to injury? Like, almost, okay. almost, almost a billion, right? Yeah, Joe Burrow's, his deal was like $55 million a year. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's, I think they're both guaranteed half a billion to combine. Right, I think it was both of them were over two fifty. Yeah, that's what that that state's economy needs. Yeah, that's that's good for them. As long as they keep it in state, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Although I, we know Deshaun's gonna have had so much fun with Miami. I bet this guy's blowing money down there. Yeah, damn shame. Well, you know, somewhere where they don't call the cops. <laughs> but besides that, uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing was. Um, I, I'm not a Jets fan. I, I, I've, I'm the antithesis anti. of the Jets fan. Yeah. Yeah. Very anti Jets. But I was excited to see the product that they were going to put out this season with a guy like Aaron Rodgers there. And and here we are, just, you know, week 10, week 11 here. And Aaron Rodgers is smoking cigars, drinking bourbon, doing his best Reed Homer impersonation. So I'm like, yeah. what a wacky world we live in. Yeah. Uh, a lot of rumor that we might see him by week 13. Yeah. What do you think of that? You know, I watched Kevin Durant. In maybe 2013, do a similar dance. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched him come out and play really well for two quarters. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, for me. Thing, then I watched that thing roll up into his knee. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I'm looking at. The situation like that. It's just like, just let 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 the situation pan out as yeah. it is. Aaron does not need to come back this year. Um, I, I'd be surprised if he came back. I'm also not going to be surprised because it's Aaron Rodgers. He's out of his freaking board. So, you know, I don't know, man. This is why you have to have kids, and then you have to have something else going on. It can't be just football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're four and five right now. They're third in the AFC East. They play Buffalo this week. I think you know if they come out, if they're in the playoff position in Week 13, you think it's a big surprise if Aaron Rodgers comes trotting out of that tunnel? No, that 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 would be that would not be a surprise at all. But I just don't know how that team um, is able to pull it off. Uh, well, and I, I think it's a big disservice to Zach Wilson, honestly. Right? Yeah. If Zach Wilson gets you to the dance, and then you just bring in the ringer, that feels yep. you're setting that kid back. And if, if really the Jets organization was bringing in Aaron Rodgers to help groom Zach Wilson for the future, you, I don't know how you do that. I think you let Zach Wilson bring this year home, right? Whatever yep. this year is. Whatever Set him down next year, right? Let him marinate in what he learned, grow for Aaron Rodgers a little bit next year, let Aaron yeah. ride off in the sunset, and then you know, turn it over to Zach Wilson. I think that's a good yeah. play. Yeah, I mean, right now, Zach Wilson's a very expensive fluffer, essentially. And then, because uh, that's, yeah. that's the posture kind of they're looking at. But yeah. I don't know. It would be very interesting. He's going to get confidence, right? You let him play 13, you know, 13 weeks, and he's going to get you on the end of the playoffs, and then you're just going to be like, hey, buddy. Yeah, it's just it's like, again, I'm still very sensitive to what happened to Tua last year with the Deshaun Watson talk. You got yeah. a young quarterback in there, a good quarterback, and everyone's talking about bringing in Deshaun. And like, yeah. looking back where, where those two you know two situations are right now, shame on you, Miami. Um, yeah. but they're too cooked out and the weather's too good to even pay attention to that kind of thing. But Yeah. Well, yeah you wonder about that too with that Tom Brady fiasco down in Miami too, right? Mm-hmm. Same time frame. Yep. Yeah, this is hard. Yeah. A lot of good stuff popping off in Miami. You just don't really care. 
Yeah, yeah, it's too it's too good down there. It's too good down there. That's why it's all wild and crazy. When the weather's that good, it usually is. <laughs> do you think that uh, we'll switch a little bit of gears here in the NFL wise? Do you think that the Tom Brady Belichick marriage was really that important to Bill Belichick? That what do you think is the matter there? Do you think it's because um, I have a working theory that coaches shouldn't be GMs, right? That's, I think that's Rabel, Rabel's case one, right? Who comes from the Belichick tree. Yep. Um, I think that it works well in college, you know? And so I think that they see what Saban's able to do and they try to play that game and it just doesn't work very well in the NFL. No, and I, I, I think it's pretty clear that it just doesn't work for Bill Belichick. He's walked a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah. out of there just for the, the most minor of transgressions. Like, we're not even talking like serious shit. Like Jamie Collins asked for more money. We sent his ass to Cleveland when Cleveland was yeah. not a viable defense as it is today uh, or yeah. great defense as it is today. And brought know, him back up, later. Right. Brought him back later, you know, after he learned his lesson. You know, it's just like you just see stuff like that and, and you see the product we're putting out there right now. I, believe me, I'm not a Mac Jones apologist. Um, and I think it's hard to judge uh, Belichick, the coach, uh, you know, from the on-field play because of a guy like Mac Jones, but he also doesn't have anybody to throw the darn ball to. You know, like the- well, yeah, and I would say too, I, you know, because I'm a nerd, and so like I watch the All 22 tape a lot of times. Yeah. And you're he doesn't one, he doesn't have anyone to throw to, but two, no one's blocking either. Yeah. And there's no run game. So while Mac yeah. Jones is a problem, he's not the problem. No, no, he's just he's just a, another brick in the wall there, and and again, yeah. I, I I feel I do feel bad for him in that situation because I wonder what it looks like if they did have a couple of you know key elemental pieces in place. Um, you know, I've been I've been pretty happy with what I've seen on the defensive side of the ball from the Patriots, um, yeah. especially in, in in division play in the AFC East, where you know we played the Jets, we played Buffalo, we played Miami, pretty tough, uh, considering how uh, lethal those teams have been at at, at times. Um, but, you know, you just look at it holistically and you're like, man, I don't think Bill Dodger should be wearing that, that GM hat anymore. And I I got a lot of buddies around here that we sit around and smoke cigars. And that's that's the vibe in, in Boston right now. It's like, Bill Belichick, the coach, would be, uh, that'd be a tough loss for us. But Bill Belichick, the GM, we're not seeing it anymore. And when you had a Tom Brady, it was, it was easy because people wanted to play with it. Right. Everyone signs yeah. up for that. And I think you have the same conversation in Tennessee right now. Right, yeah. Look at how good Tennessee was, like on the cusp of doing some real big things, and then Brable's the GM there. And you know, I mean, I love Brable the coach. I think, yeah, fantastic, right? Uh, yeah, I think I think there's a couple of big lessons that we're we're really learning here in the NFL. Is like, yeah. keep Taylor Swift off the TV because I think that's going to start hurting numbers. Um, <laughs> don't let don't let head coaches be GMs and stop paying quarterbacks so much darn money. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's a lot of eggs in one basket. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I have a conversation, an ongoing conversation at the barbershop where I have a friend who's like, "Well, you have to slot the quarterbacks, and that's why the money keeps going up." And I'm like, "Man, bullshit! Like someone's got to stand in and like stop the madness. You can't tie the quarterback's not worth 33 percent of the salary." Or whatever the number is, like it's crazy. Look at what it's doing to these teams. Yeah, and we saw that with Russell Wilson in Seattle. You're seeing it in Cincinnati. You're seeing like when all these contracts. You're seeing it right. Really, right now, you're seeing it in Kansas City. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like, say what you want to say about Tyree Kill. 
but that offense in Cincinnati or in Kansas City is not what it was or what it could be. You know, yeah. Mahomes didn't break the bank necessarily, right? But he took yeah. enough. He took a very big chance. Yeah. And they decided yeah, and to pay the rest of that money into Travis Kelsey, right? And then Chris yeah. Jones, like they didn't have money to get Chris Jones done, and then you know they lost some defense stuff, and like they're good, but they're not juggernaut. Yeah, and then you see that you see that trickle over back to your offense again because now yeah. the snap counts are higher for everybody across the board. Yep. And again, if you don't have a bang up O line, you know you have that Joe Burrow situation where the highest paid quarterback in the league is all of a sudden not playing the rest of the darn season. So, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think I think a lot of that is again it goes back to your Bill Belichick thing where it's you just gotta you gotta distribute. He's gotta learn to. to you know, delegate, uh, delegate that that responsibility to someone else. There's, there's clearly very intelligent guys out there who can dedicate themselves to being a GM. I mean, we have quarterbacks, coaches, running backs, coaches, linebacker coaches, tight end coaches, right? But then you have a coach who's doing two jobs, two very big, huge, gigantic yeah, jobs. Yeah, that's the jobs. I mean, if you look at what's happening in Seattle with John Snyder and Pete Carroll, right? That team, yep. this team's been competitive for 12 years. Yep, it's nuts. You look at what's happening even in LA right now with the Rams, right? Like they're on a down year, but it's really not that big of a down year. Like they're still in games and moving stuff, and they've got big money that they've got spread across a lot of different spots. They trade all these picks and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Super Bowl, but yeah. they're not they're not down and out, right? You look at what's happening in Detroit, you look at what's happening, you know, across the, the, the Rams board. the Rams is a good example of like having a good dedicated GM is you saw their stud receiver, Cooper Cup, didn't play the first what, four or five games? Yep. This kid comes out of nowhere, Puka Napua there, yep. and, and nobody missed Cooper Cup. And now Cooper yep. comes back, you got two stud. It's like having two lockets. It's absurd. It's unbelievable because they even have their top uh, running back. It's been an mm-hmm. IR for four weeks, and no one even they haven't missed the beat. Yeah, yeah. Darnell Henderson's filling in, and um, yep. uh, who's the other brother there? Yeah. They even traded Cam Akers, who's getting real run in Minnesota because you yeah, know, Minnesota. But that, they've been able to run through there, but they've got a GM who can talk to scouts because he's not running practice. Yep, he's not doing anything else. You know, and, that's, and I think you know, you look at even in Seattle, you know, they've lost they lost both their tackles for the yep. first four games. Both starting tackles ran that out. You know what I mean? Like all these things, but when you've got Scouts and you've got you know, all of the stuff you're running behind the scenes as the general manager. You could fill those gaps pretty together. Yeah, and it's like again, look what's happening in Minnesota, right? I think that we would have thought that Justin Jefferson was probably done for the year. Yeah. When Kirk Cousins went down, I said, you know, Justin Jefferson's not going to play the rest of this year. Yeah. And then we're, we're thinking about maybe trotting him out this week because he yeah. loves Josh Dobbs. Yeah, they and went like, because they had a GM that was like, "Hey, man, I think we can still get better because this rookie kid, like, we thought we could groom him this year, you know." Then Josh Jobs does his thing, and here they come. They might still be. Who knows what happens in the NFC North? I I know, and, and like uh, that 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 Minnesota situation was wild because you're looking at you have like the 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 kind of linchpin of their of their uh, their offense in the backfield with uh, Dalvin Cook is now in New Jer- uh, New York, yeah. New Jersey. Um, yeah, and then Alexander Madison has not been doing Alexander Madison things like he did right. previous years when he got the got the, yeah. the call. Um, but you, you, Justin Jefferson goes down, and then this kid Jordan Addison comes out of nowhere, and it's yeah. like, oh, you have two Justin Jeffersons. 
what is yeah. going on here? It's like it, yeah. it's crazy. Well, it's, the, the TJ Hawkinson at tight end, like they're you know they've got real yeah. pieces who they traded for out of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Another shrewd move by the GM. I mean, we're talking about the same things here. All these teams that are able to rebound from injuries, then just to, you know beat this thing even further on the ground. Like you look at what's happening in Tennessee. You've got three quarterbacks that were drafted. Like you had Tannehill, who's obviously the downside of his career moving you know on the way out right but yep. still a serviceable somewhat of a quarterback in that organization but then yep. you've got a first round or two second round picks that you took in back-to-back years that what are you doing why like what what's the deal there you know what i mean you trade aj brown because you want to pay him for yeah. whatever reason that didn't make a lick of sense and i thought honestly ryan fan was done when that happened i'm good yep. on him first <laughs> keep it yep. together yeah right but then they you know put a gm coaching that works well together in Philly look at the juggernaut they got there so anyway. yep so I think that's all the problem in New England and it's not a problem only in New England it's it's going around right now yeah and all those spots, right? yeah you know what's really exciting what I think is fun though and I hope they keep the band together is uh what they got brewing in Las Vegas oh yeah and that Antonio Pierce sign like head coach thing there like yeah if you watch any of that stuff I love that stuff yeah it's a lot of fun yeah, yeah, I mean that'll that, that's the the and man, Josh McDaniels. When are people gonna stop taking stabs at that guy? <laughs> like, how many times do you have to sing this song and see this movie? Yeah, you know, him and Robert Kraft are already hooked up again right now, right? We can agree to that. Oh yeah, they they were at a soapy down in uh in Florida. You know, yeah, yeah, and the deal worked out. Yeah, just making yeah. sure he was all lined up and feeling better about himself. <laughs> Uh, Reed, you want to talk about a couple games this week? Yes, I do. There's not any real, uh, any real bangers this week. It's a pretty dry schedule. You know, it's like yeah. a, you know, Pittsburgh-Cleveland was a fun game until, you know, recently. It feels like Pittsburgh, maybe, the defense in Cleveland's still the defense in Cleveland, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, short of uh, Garrett taking off his helmet and uh, hitting Kenny Pickett with it again. Yeah, because like Pittsburgh's defense is so good, too, right? I mean, you watch them. You, they don't jump off the stat sheet, man. But you watch, you know, they, they got a little bit of a blow last week losing. In, uh, oh, I can't believe I can't remember what his name is right now. The other guy on the other side, TJ Watt, that edge rusher they had. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. And I don't. Anyway, he tore his Achilles, and so that's a real rough break for them. But that's not going to slow them down. TJ Watt. Uh, the way the one storyline of this is that you know that. Um, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett are racing to try to catch Reggie White for the most sacks in a hundred, the first hundred games. Yep. And TJ Watt's ahead by like two sacks, so it'll be fun to watch those two guys go at it. That's gonna be a that's a fun storyline for that game. And it was cool seeing TJ Watt pass his brother and what JJ had to say about that. Yep. You know, it's really cool to see that going on. JJ's thinking about coming back to Houston now that Houston's all exciting again. Yep. You know, <laughs> it's a. It's amazing getting rid of Bill O'Brien with what that'll do for someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else you got the game that you're excited uh, about this week? Uh, you know, I think sneakily Tampa Bay going into San Francisco is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. San Francisco's a weird thing. Like Debo Samuel makes that team run. That San Francisco very, team run. Very different looking team when Debo's out there slithering around. Yeah, amazing how that looks. And not that's not to take anything away from Kittle or AU or anything like that. Oh. Um, but a boy like Debo, man. Ooh. Debo is is just the personality that makes that whole thing tick, right? Yeah. He's the guy that makes sure everyone's heads are straight. 
right? He's in the huddle making sure everyone's got their minds right. Like, that's always, everyone, like, the vibe is correct with Debo's in the, on the sideline. You can Listen, see it. I, 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 never, I never watch dedicated games. Um, it's usually just red zone for the Sunday, yeah. you know, early window and late afternoon window. And you yeah. can still see Debo out there yeah. shoving dudes, lining up, you know, getting in people's faces on his team, you know, yeah. getting it. It's just like you, you just love to see that kind of fire and that energy for a guy, you know, who's I don't think he's top 10 in salary in the league or anything like that, you know, yeah. but he, he gives a shit more than anybody that I can tell right now. The and only, uh, yeah, the only dedicated game I ever watched is my own teams. Yeah, live, right? Unless it's a standalone, you know, Sunday night or Monday. Yeah, or Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. Yeah, but, I'll go back and watch a good game later, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, this Minnesota Denver game is intriguing to me because Denver feels like they're turning the corner. Yeah, but also Minnesota's like got a bit of a little flair to them, right? Like, who knows what they're really doing. And again, Josh Dobbs put together an actionable situation in Arizona while Kyler Murray was uh, looking his wounds there. It was like, yeah. again, it was it wasn't great, and Josh Dobbs was making Josh Dobbs mistakes, but he progressed every week. And now seeing yeah. him coming to this offense, which Minnesota light years ahead of what Arizona can put out there in terms of weapons available and stuff like that, TJ Hawks and Addison, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting to see. Fantastic line, right? Yeah, and that's you know a serviceable defense. situation. Yeah, night and day situation for him. So you know, and very not very to be lost on anything, you know, Josh Dobbs is a bona fide astronaut, mm-hmm. right? Like a real deal rocket scientist. And so, you know, maybe one of the best storylines of the year is him walking in uh, on a Wednesday, not really going to practice, you know, not knowing anything, not studying the playbook, is content to be on the sideline, let that rookie run, and then being thrust into the game and just being like, all right. Here we go. <laughs> what are y'all running? <laughs> and then going and winning the damn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then come back the next week and, you know, doing it all over again with a week of preparation. Yeah. Like, it's I like, thought the Baker like, Mayfield thing last year was cool when he went to the Rams and they flew out and, like, yeah. drilled him on the plane and got him ready to start and all that. Like, that was a cool story. This Dobbs story is better. Oh, yeah. And Dobbs is light years more likable, too. 48 hours to prepare, right? Which is crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. Dobbs did it but I mean, like, Baker Mayfield, we, he, he had such a storied college career where you've seen him do some Baker Mayfield right. shit. You know what I mean? So right, you're not right. really all that surprised. Uh, Dobbs is like, you know, yeah. where did this kid come from almost for someone who watches a little bit of CFB like me? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's really cool to see. And I, I like when uh, he went to the pro shop because he was trying to get his mom or something a jersey and they didn't have <laughs> any And he was, yeah, he was such a good sport about the whole thing. Yeah. I would have been a dick <laughs> I, I would have got fired tables. yeah oh yeah flip the yeah. tables and ripping over jerseys like you know they get those those uh the tea things where they hang the jerseys I've been knocking those things over and, and oh no I'd be, I'd be I'd be Denzel and John Q I would I would have taken over the pro shop I'm like people are gonna start dying if I don't get my name on some of these outfits yeah. here yeah, I got Rod I got Rod Didwell uh, for my agent <laughs> Screaming. Uh, the best game of the week, probably, though, is this Philadelphia-Kansas City game. Right? Oh, God. Yeah, that's going to be a beauty. I don't know if anyone is left. I know no one is left in there in Philadelphia from the Andy Reid days, but I think they all still feel Andy Reid's presence in Philadelphia, so I think it's a bit of a, you know, there'll always be some Andy Reid yeah. feelings. Um, the fans I, will I, definitely bring that. Even if the locker room doesn't have it, the fans will bring it. Yep, so. yep. 
Uh, and I think there's just almost a passing of the torch a little bit. I think I think Jalen Hurts really wants to get over the top of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what to make of Patrick Mahomes. I watched yeah. that quarterback show on Netflix, you know, and I think he's content with where he is in his life. I think he's content just to be great, which is fine. I don't know that he cares to be uh, – I, I don't know that he's as driven as – I mean, he's driven, right? 100%, 100% he's driven. But I don't know that he's, like, driven to be the greatest of all time like Tom Brady was. Yep. And that's perfectly fine. He definitely wants to win. Right. I don't think Patrick. I don't think Patrick had the chip on his shoulder that Brady did, though. You know what I mean? I, like agree, I, I agree, but I thought he did coming in, right? He looked like For the last it. high handful of years. I thought that's who he was, and this year I've thought, you know what? I don't think that he cares if they go fifteen, whatever, or undefeated for a year, or like I think he's just like wants to win championships. Yeah, doesn't care if he's the best quarterback in the league necessarily. Knows he has the talent. It's just like marking the course, and he's like, my the end goal is very Andy Reid. Yeah, right. I don't think it's overstated either to say they really miss Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing we really haven't talked about a lot is like that they've switched those coordinators, and that's yeah. you kind of really are starting to see it. You know, they've really downplayed it, right? Like, oh, we're fine, blah 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 blah, but they're not fine. No, and, and I, 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 think, I think we're still kind of attributing it. We did this earlier on the show. We're really still attributing it to the uh, Tyreek Hill departure, right? Yeah. Which is a, that's that, that guy is a gigantic safety net for a lot of he can he forgives a lot of sins, right? But yeah. you're right, Eric Bieniemy not being in the picture anymore. That's that's a lot. That's that's a that's a yeah. guy who's a mentor who's like maybe a dad to some of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and yeah. obviously a great mind. Well, he's an extension of Andy Reid. I think those two were so locked in that there wasn't ever, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about getting a play call in at seven seconds versus getting in at 14 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that on the field all the time. Right. Yeah. And, and, and again, slow the line, right? Yep. Left adjustment, less whatever. And then, you know, down players or whatever else. And that's just where it is. And I, I think they're lucky to have a, a such a, a, a pragmatic coach at uh, quarterback and Patrick Mahomes was just like I'm, I'm just gonna win games I'm gonna yeah. try to try to do my best every time I go out there he's clearly game as shit too I mean like you see yeah. him play through injuries and stuff like that like I you know I'd like to shit on him you know but yeah. it's hard to do he's especially especially with all the off-field crap with his stupid brother and and yeah. you know his, his crazy wife and all this other nonsense and he's just yeah. into the the taylor swift travis kelsey stuff he's yeah he, his head is really cemented in the, in the on the field yeah and his wife really is living his, his wife is living her wet dream right now oh my god right just think about what like, this, this is her wet dream it has to be yeah i mean it's my wet dream that'd be real nice you want you want to have a husband who's an awful quarterback and then you're friends with taylor swift yes yeah. are you fucking kidding me that, that sounds get, like I a get, dream. Yeah, I can get with you. You doing choreographed, uh, you know, dances in the owner's booth? Yeah, me and Jackson in jail were just getting after yeah. it. You know, no, how, yeah, how creepy was it that Jackson was trying to get into the dance between his sister-in-law and Taylor Swift? That is so bizarre. Yeah, I, I mean, I love my brothers, but uh, I would not let them anywhere near that situation. <laughs> I would deny that we're related yeah. all day. 
I'd let Travis Kelsey beat my brother's ass if that was the case. Oh, beat him to death. I'd let Travis Kelsey's brother beat my brother to death. They're even better. Even better. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing this week was showing the... Uh, have you seen the <laughs> meme going around of uh, the Kelsey brothers at Cincinnati? No. I'll send it to you. It's fantastic. Anyone else that's listening and wants to see it, you just go Google it. It's uh, <laughs> those two fellas, and uh, they don't look like they look today. And it says... One of these guys was voted into the NFL's sexiest man of the year. The other one's dating Taylor Swift. They both look like trash. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple of their Cincinnati pictures, and it's good yeah. god. Yeah, the Kelsey brothers in Cincinnati are not uh, not who they were later. Like, no, neither of those dudes are babes. Yeah, they have aged aged quite well. Speaking yeah, of babes. Yep, not Tom Brady's. And neither of the other two guys, but they are uh, giant humans in their own right. Uh, Rita, did you watch the Tyson Fury Francis Ngano fight? I did. I really, really did. Yeah. I was not excited to watch it either until until the fight started. <laughs> and I was just like, Holy yeah. Shit, About 30 seconds of the first round, you're like, oh man, uh, Francis mm-hmm. decided to come. Because uh, I got the sense from Tyson and I felt like it even held up during the fight that he was not there to play around. He's not the yeah. uh, Floyd Money Weather or Mayweather, whatever we're calling him these days. Um, you know, in it for the show, like he, he very much takes the legacy of boxing seriously. So he was I there think to Tyson box. Fury took it personally that Correct. he was fighting for right. Singano. Yes. And it became apparent very quickly that so did Francis. Francis also takes things very personally, right? Yes. You look, you look at the storyline of Francis's entire freaking life, and then you look at the storyline of his departure from the UFC, and then you look at the storyline of him going, "I'm gonna go find a place that's gonna pay me the money and also pay whoever the hell I'm fighting the money," right? Yeah. And then you know he's like, "I've always had this dream of doing this thing in the sport of boxing." Hmm. Yeah, Tyson Fury, let's do that. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. The balls. Yeah, and then to run out with it, and you know, in some there's some argument to be made by some people that you know he maybe I don't I personally feel like Tyson Fury won that fight because I think you had to beat the champ, right? And I, I don't think he beat the champ, but it was a fantastic showing for Francis. Fantastic showing, and uh, you know, again, the the imagery of the knockdown um, is what lives in everyone's minds yeah. after that fight. Uh, yeah. And good on the WBC for ranking Francis uh, yeah. after that performance. As they should. As they should. They, Francis did what no one else has been able to do. Nope. Yep. And everyone yep. else is afraid to do, right? I mean, how many how many other fighters, pound for pound, you know, top fighters in the game are scared to get in the ring with Tyson Fury? Almost all. A lot. Anthony Joshua's dodging him. Yeah. You know, all these guys can't come to terms, can't do this stuff. Those two dice it up and then jump in there. Yeah. Uh, Francis, I think Francis gave him the best run on anyone because Francis has real power. Scary and Tyson, power. And we've Tyson found out about it, right? Tyson that saw the leverage that Francis right? the one thing that was interesting to me about the whole thing, and you're you have a fighting background, so maybe you can tell me how far base this is. But it seemed like Francis understood leverage better than most boxers do. Yeah, and one I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back to a thing that we saw in the UFC. 
um, when he fought Overeem and knocked him out. It was such a spectacular knockout. What, what, what a lot of people missed is Overeem has consistently been the most technical striker in the heavyweight heavy division across Pride, UFC, K1 kickboxing, Glory kickboxing. Like he's still heralded like yeah. legendary skill, very high IQ in the ring. For Francis to be able to get into the position to, to deliver that kind of uppercut, put him in that position, checkmate the guy. I, you know, and then to do, do this to Tyson Fury, understanding the things that you're talking about with like the leverage, uh, the range, uh, the positioning, you know, getting to the punch first or or sitting back when you have to. He showed he showed so many different looks in that fight that, you know, I, I still have to go back and watch it a couple more times to really understand what the hell happened. I'm going to wait for some of my favorite YouTube callers to do it for me. Uh, right. But, you know, it, it, it was it's pretty incredible to see that this is this isn't the first time he's done something like this, though. And that Overeem situation. Whether he knocked him out with that punch or not was irrelevant, right? Just as it was with Tyson Fury. Getting to a point like that on a guy like that, like an Overeem or Tyson Fury, who's incredibly technical. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. And I think he's going to be terrorizing. He's going to be boxing all over him. I love to see it. Like, it was an actual real fight, you know? And boy, I how bad him. did boxing need this? How yeah. fucking bad does boxing need Francis yeah. Ngannou right now? Either he doesn't know any better to not play these contractual games that so many guys like to play, or he's doing it in spite of those games, right? Yeah. Where he's just like, yeah, I'll just go fight Tyson Fury for my, my first big boxing match. Why not? Right? Well, I, I think that's been his MO, though, right? He's always been that way. Every, every organization he's been to, he's like, just give me the baddest one out there. Yeah, and I remember not too long ago, we were talking about he had the yips, you know? They were like, oh, he, he's, he can't perform yeah. psychologically. Look at the guy. <laughs> yeah. where's, where's that? Where's that cop talk now? Yeah, I always like the. Uh, <laughs> uh, I laugh when uh, when the UFC had the BMF fight and then it became some of these other dudes. And I was like, man, I wish just for once Dana would just lose the first ring and have a real BMF right and drag out the real BMF and just pay him whatever it's worth and like let's line him up and let's see what's what. Yeah, I mean, do like uh, maybe not a single night Grand Prix, but have like a. A tournament, right? Where it's yeah. like, because just you know, and again, I'm not saying those two dudes were BMFs, uh, you know, either time they did it, but yeah. <laughs> how are you having that conversation when you don't, know, you know, Steve ain't got to, uh, yeah. you know, like real bad dudes, they yeah. would they would kill eat both of us yeah. on the street, murderer. <laughs> real murderer, yeah. Exactly. So it's, uh, but I'll tell you, man, again, I, I don't want to, I, I can't stress this enough that boxing needed Francis and Gano. I didn't realize it until yeah. I saw the fight. I, I, I didn't think anything of this. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to become a big Tyson Fury fan because I felt like boxing needed him. Uh, yeah. I, but I agree with you that I didn't realize how much they needed Francis and Gano. And the marriage of those two together was just a beautiful moment. And I didn't realize it until the fight started. Right. Yeah. I saw, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a good, this is a good matchup and all those things. And it started, and you started just to see the beauty of the footwork and, and watch the placement. And they, were, they weren't, they were fighting because that's my big beef with boxing. The yeah. last, that's why I love UFC so much is there was so much action. And those guys were like, you know what? Like, we're just going to get to work. Like, the feeling out process is the feeling out process. We all understand that. But there's no dancing, right? There's no showmanship here. There's no, we're not waiting to engage. Like, we're going to engage, engage, and go. Like that thing was just a like it just invoked the old heavyweight, right? The old the whole the holy field, the Tyson, the four. Yeah, it was the, the, the heavyweight situation of the nineties and eighties yeah. and seventies, all those legends and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's been and again, 
this is, Tyson's always been this, right? But it doesn't work when you just have one Tyson Fury, right? Yeah. Like yeah. in the nineties, you had so many personalities in, in the heavyweight division. We had one for the last five, six years, and then you had yeah. Anthony Joshua, Joel Ortiz, you know these guys being wimps. Uh, Joshua Ortiz, sorry. Um, and it's like and the guys just they're running around their mouths and they just don't want to get in the ring. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah, and no wonder the sport got hijacked by those two knuckleheads, uh, those guys, the Paul brothers. And no wonder the sport got hijacked by that. Yep. No wonder. It's an embarrassment. Yeah, but, but then we got Francis. Francis. Saint Francis is is yep. here to to save us. Yes, sir. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Savior we needed. Spanning multiple sports. I know. When's he going to start in the NFL? That's what I want to see. Next year. I want to see. Yeah, he's going to just jump in somewhere. Yeah, he's going to play D-line for somebody. Play, <laughs> and play D-line with that massive wingspan. Just imagine <laughs> oh that guy just, just eating up two tags, just chest punching somebody. Yeah, no. Yeah, that would be uh, terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I'll have one final question, then we'll close this thing out of here. But like... How crazy is it that uh, Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback that can execute a proper quarterback sneak these days? You know, I'm seeing that the brotherly shove thing get thrown around for every QB sneak that 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 happens, yeah. and I've seen a couple of flashes. You know, a big red zone watcher um, yeah. where you're like, "Oh shit!" But Jalen Hurts, man, that kid is so guaranteed three yards every time. Every guaranteed freaking three yards. yeah. You're not talking like a fourth and inches situation or a goal no. line. Like he he three yards. Yeah, that's stupid. It's him, it's him and Jason Kelsey, right? Yeah, you got two guys that can both squat over six hundred pounds a piece. Yep, they're just bowling forward, and some guys pushing from behind to help out a little bit. But like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it. it it's 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 scary because like again, I watched Tom Brady have like he he was a sneaky QB sneak, right? Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and again, big big guy of the Clydesdale, right? Uh, but with Jalen Hurts and and again the Kelsey situation, you're you're talking like a. I would not like yeah. to be in that situation because it looks he's, like a safe play. But... QB sneak guys, right? Where they dive between the center and the guard. Yeah. Right, and they're long and they're sneaky and they almost like go sideways and get their shoulders parallel and like slide through. That's not what those. That's boys not what this down, is. Right? This yeah. thing that Jalen Hurts and Travis Kelsey have perfected is an entirely different animal. And I love these other jackasses trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the, the effective rate of it, too, is still yeah. – every time it's brought up, I'm, I'm, like, shocked by how effective it is. It's yeah. messed up. I thought, uh, I thought it was really <laughs> funny when they had the Colts uh, – I don't know if you saw us on Red Zone last week, but the Colts had a similar situation in – and uh, Gardner Minshew had talked to the announcer to tell everyone that Gardner Minshew wanted everyone to know that he been he squats over four fifty. You could also, you know, the Bradley shove was in his wheelhouse because he squatted four fifty. And I thought Gardner, that's cool that you squat four fifty, uh, but that's that's in normal folks' range, and it's not six hundred. Like six hundred is another one fifty. That's like another average that's another, human dude. On that's top an of average, that bar. average like, adult that's, male. That's not a. Uh, you're not in the 600 world, buddy. That's 600 real weight. But that's why we love Gardner Minshew, right? Like, yeah. just yeah, he's in his George, right? He's in his George down at Gold's Gym, just cold squatting 450 with the other jabronis, right? Thinking probably probably has a couple of Keystone lights going. We have to adjust yeah. for the Keystone light inflation. Yeah, maybe it's 600 if he's not kind of bruised. I don't know. Yeah, probably, probably. But <laughs> I, I, just got, I thought that was like the funniest thing, you know, him and his little mustache and his George are just knocking back 450s.
<laughs> yeah, at Gold's, right? You're probably king of gold at 450. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one's, no one's paying attention. Yeah. Maybe Planet Fitness. Yeah. Planet Fitness, they might be like a 450. Right. Yeah, 450. <laughs> We're gonna write your name in chalk up here on this record board at 450. <laughs> yeah. All right, with that, let's close it out. Reading final closing words. No, I, I, I'm just. I'm in this space. I'm trying to do my thing. Stay the fuck out of my way. I love it. That might have been your first time on the whole show. We missed you. Nice. Oh, yeah. I waited till your uh, your kid was in the room, too, of course. She knows. She knows the girl. She says uh, she's distracted the word. Bring in so close that it sounds like she says it. So if she says, like, whatever it is, it sounds like she's really dropping it. I always have to ask, what did you say? What was that? Yeah. I'm going to find the dog. so. She can hear me, so she'll even know I'm on the game. But like, I'm not entirely sure she doesn't say it. And then when I ask her what she says, she says the proper word. I'm not entirely yeah. sure she doesn't do that yet. She's on that level. No, she didn't. You, you get, you get, you get played. She's winning. 100. I am. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, Reed, thanks for filling in. It's always good to see you. We'll talk to you real, real soon. Man, I love the shit out of you. I love you. You're one of my favorite people. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hands up. Folks. Till next time. Be good or be good at it. <laughs>